Good evening, planet Earth. This is the Planetary Status Report, and I am your good friend Dan, and it is technically Thursday, April Fool's Day, just before midnight. But if you're listening to this PSR, this Planetary Status Report, I'm going to drink a little water here if that's okay. If you're listening to this PSR, then it very well could be 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturday night. Saturday night, you're getting together with your loved ones, your friends, you're going to get pizza. Saturday night, you're going to go get pizza with your friends someplace. I don't know, maybe not. It's too late for that. It's shut down. You'll have to go to the bowling alley to get Chinese food, but good old you know, Mr. Foo won't take your credit card. If you are listening, uh, this should be 5950 kilohertz from WRMI in Miami. And yes, this is the Planetary Status Report. And if you're listening, it is April the 3rd, right? Saturday night. And the notes for this PSR can be found at dfgtc.org slash shownotes. That's dfgtc.org slash shownotes. Um, full disclosure, if you listen to my other podcasts that are not broadcasted on radio, there are a lot of dirty words that are not bleeped. So full disclosure, explicit content in my podcast, coarse language, Listeners are advised. But if you want to get the notes for this podcast, excuse me, this broadcast, this radio show, once again, go to dfgtc.org slash show notes. And if you want to contact me to tell me I'm a, you know, a terrible person, if you want to contact me and use foul language that you could not use on the radio because the FCC will send a neutron bomb to your location. You want to use that kind of language, you can send me an email at me at imsully.com. So it's not confusing. My email is the letter M and E, that's me, at imsully.com. And that is also in the show notes. And you can find the show notes by simply, like I said, I'm not going to keep repeating it, This is not a cyclic number station. I should say Alpha, Bravo, Delta, Nadsat, Vinadsat, We, Ya, Da, Faratilat. This is not a number station, okay? But it could be. It could be by listening to this shortwave broadcast, you are listening to secret orders that will send you someplace, someplace exciting and maybe even sexy. Do you have a sexy shortwave self that listens to the shortwave in the hopes of finding some beautiful spy or mystic maiden traveling through the universe in her own special flying saucer? Who is your Lieutenant Uhura? Who is your green woman? First topic is I am moving. I am moving to Utah. I am moving to Utah and I have asked the Lord in heaven to watch over me through prayer. I won't claim to be that great a Christian, but I do believe. Um, I do have faith. I try to live a life without sin, but I live in the United States of America in 2021. And to live a life without sin in this place is to walk a minefield. 
So I'd like to tell you I live a life without sin. That's not true. I try, but I fail. But tomorrow, a person I've not met in person is going to come by and pick me up. He's going to come on by, pick me up, I'll load up the truck, and we will head to Utah. And I, I have to have faith that, that there are things ahead for me that do not involve, you know, more pain and rage and destruction. And I also know that there are things I carry with me that I can leave behind. Like one way to get to Utah is to leave at least my Seattle rage behind. But it's important to note that what I'm, what I'm leaving behind in the context of Seattle, I've left behind before. The last time I fled Seattle, I said I'd never come back. The year was 2014, a few months after yeah, I was dumped by my ex-wife. There were many times before that I've fled Seattle. I've shake, I would shake my fist at Seattle. I would send curses towards Seattle. I would, even as an atheist, I think I probably, yeah, I probably prayed to some French bulldog that Seattle should be destroyed by the great French bulldog. great French bulldog shall come and destroy Seattle. I will leave Seattle to the tomb freaks, to the tomb freaks of Bellevue. I will leave Seattle to the mangle heads of Magnolia. I abandon this infernal city to the lamprey rats and the Kriegels, and the cobra squirrels, and the rancid and radioactive coyotes of Bremerton. I am leaving Seattle behind. I'm going to try to leave my anger behind as well. The bad words, the dirty words, the F-bombs. I shouldn't say dirty words. This is radio. There could be an alien species listening. A spaceship beyond the moon that has wondered why I'm so angry. I'll tell you, Mr. Spaceship, I'm going to try to not be so angry if I get out of Seattle. Maybe I can get back my sanity. Maybe I can become a sane person again. And what is in Utah? The U- did you talk the Utahweans? The Utahweans? The Utahweans? Is that a musical that we need to create? Because I know they already did that one about the Mormons, the Book of Mormon, but don't we really need a musical called the Utahweans? The brave Utahweans who fled the great cities of the East. The great Utahweans who fled the darkness of the East to find peace in Utah. In Utah, I will be known as the master of the Rundig Horde. I will wear leather outfits and my hands will be covered in, in laser spikes. My eyes will be burned down to a nub by the great pain of the desert sun. I will be followed by a team of ravens and those ravens will carry hand grenades. Once I get to Utah, Thank you.
once I get to Utah. I will become big there in cocaine and whiskey, and I still won't use bad words. I will buy up all of SLC, that's Salt Lake City, to the rubes in Ogden. I will buy the Mormon church with my piles of gold, and I'll turn it into a casino chain once I get to Utah. Of the mountain people, I will be feared. Great feats will be held in my honor as I suckle on Ginkus. Yeah, once I get to Utah. One of the things I have to try to do, and it's not going to be easy, is um, to distance myself from the darkness of this place. I know there are people who would say that all my perceptions are colored by the demons here. This is not true. Also, the darkness isn't just Seattle. I carry a lot of darkness with me. I've carried it my whole life. I've gotten better in recent decades at separating my darkness from reality. The problem with 2020 is that my darkness and reality kind of just collided with each other. My own dark perspective on things in 2020, you know, one plus one in this case equaled three. And I struggle with it. And that is part of it. The other part is, I think Seattle used to be cool. And I don't know what moment, what event you would pick. I sometimes think that Kurt Cobain's death is a moment, maybe not a precise moment, where you can divide a line between Seattle that's kind of cool and Seattle that's kind of shitty. Kurt Cobain. And there are people who believe that he did not commit suicide, and I don't want to bother anybody by stirring up, you know, that particular problem. What I would say, though, is that it would not surprise me if he was killed, because around about the mid-90s, it seems like whatever made Seattle cool was strangled to death, and it was replaced with this synthetic... Microsoft, globalist, tyrannical, real estate, flipping kind of delusion. A delusion that allowed people to put into their head two ideas. One, I can't believe how much homelessness there is. And then other, hey, did you see my refabbed garage with the cracked foundation? Oh, I, 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 I put putty into it. Yeah, that's going to be a little bungalow worth a million bucks. But why are there so so many homeless people, Dan? Don't you love my bungalow? Do you smell the diesel fumes for, from where my father used to work on engines? Oh yeah, they'll love it. Why so many homeless, Dan? Why so many homeless? You know what? Maybe you should connect the numbers in your head. I don't, and the thing is, I don't begrudge people in a free society uh, making money off of real estate, but we don't live in a free society. We live in kind of a neo-Stalinist society where the central banks decide what your, what your effort, what your work is worth based upon criteria that are bizarre, that are not based upon free choice. If we had free choice, we would still be a society that produced great engineering feats. I don't think we are that, that society any longer, really. Yeah, there are little technological innovations to keep us titillated here and there. And of course, there's Elon Musk, and a lot of people, you know, attend the Church of Musk. But in terms of great technological achievements, I don't see it. I don't see it. It's mostly been polishing candles. And, you know, Elon Musk resurrecting the 1950s-style rocket ship. Because that's what his rocket ships look like. You know, a 1950s destination moon. Look at my giant silver tin can rocket. Oh, I'll light the firecracker underneath, and we'll be on our way to the moon. So if I go to Utah, I do need to leave the, the, the stuff about Seattle behind. And I have to distance myself from the intellectual 
insults of 2020. I, I have to figure out a way to process the fact that I saw government resources used last summer to terrorize the people of Seattle. I saw, I actually recorded government employees of Seattle admitting that they were there to help the BLM, to help Antifa, to basically help the communists. And, at, and 20 feet away from where I videotaped this, you could see people walking out of their expensive condo building, and they were angry, and they should have been. Because their property taxes, and their income taxes, and their, def and their inflated, or rather, um, yeah, potentially worthless fiat currency at some point, and has been devalued, all of that, all the taxes, all the devaluation, to pay communists to terrorize you. This is absurd. And this is also Seattle right now. And I have to leave it behind. But it is a snake pit. And chances are, if this COVID psychological operation loses some of its fire, chances are, especially with the coming verdict at some point over the case of that person that involved that murder that everybody videotaped, George Floyd, um, Chances are they'll just resurrect the George Floyd incident as another reason for people to set fire to stuff and to terrorize people. But in reality, it's a fiction. And it's a fiction I want to leave behind. There are people that I know that are deeply connected to the snake pit. They need to believe Seattle is some type of super city, a magical place. It is not. It is a snake pit. If you don't know what snake pit means, it is a reference to an old movie. Look it up. Seattle is madness piled on madness. And what's really funny is that Seattle has the, has the delusion to put together documentaries like Seattle is dying. No, sir. That, that is kind of true. The reality is Seattle's lying. Seattle lies to itself. It lies, it lies to everyone. It claims to be this liberal kind of, you know, open-minded, progressive place. But in reality, Seattle is a techno-military-industrial-complex whore kingdom. And most people here, as long as they can get whatever new gadget they want, most of the people I meet here would be happy to turn in their neighbors for whatever reason. And they wouldn't ask questions about where their neighbors went. That is Seattle right now. That is the place I'm choosing to leave, a place where people would rather obey illegitimate authority for reasons that make no sense. They would rather do that than care for their neighbors. That's Seattle. So I'm not really unhappy about leaving this place. The thing that I, I am troubled by and I meditate on is how do I take the rage and leave it behind? And also, you know what? I am who I am. So knowing that I am who I am, is it possible that there are people in this world that would accept me for who I am? Maybe not in Seattle, but maybe someplace else. These are all good questions, my brothers and sisters out there on the shortwave, including the spaceship behind the moon. I haven't forgotten about you. No, I haven't forgotten about the transnubian spaceship that's currently hiding behind the moon. That ship has a large, gigantic, what's called a hyperphoton cannon. That cannon can split a planet in two. So please stop hiding behind the moon. Come out and... Come out and have a beer. You aliens. There is a story in the notes, um, and I have a link in the notes, and again, the notes are at dfgtc.org slash shownotes. And remember, you got to choose the right date. So since this is the Saturday night broadcast, I think you need to pick April the 3rd. Okay. But in the notes, there's a Reuters article. Um, I think I'm going to read it, and then we'll talk about it, but then leave it behind. The headline is, Is it snowing microplastics in Siberia? Russian scientists take samples. Hmm. And the author is the Reuters staff, and the date of the article is March the 19th, 2021. Again, Reuters, is it snowing microplastics in Siberia? Russian scientists take samples. 
and I read on. Moscow. Russian scientists are trying to understand the scale of a potential threat to the environment in Siberia. Snow polluted with microplastics that then melts and seeps into the ground. Scientists at Tomsk, Tomsk State University say they have gathered snow samples from 20 different Siberian regions from the Altai Mountains to the Arctic and that their preliminary findings confirm that airborne plastic fibers are turning up in snow in remote parts of the wilderness. It's clear that it's not just rivers and seas that are involved circulating microplastics around the world, but also soil, living creatures, and even the atmosphere. Yulia Frank, scientific director at TSU's Microplastics Siberia Center, told Reuters. Microplastics, which are created when bigger pieces of plastic litter break up over time, are increasingly being found in the air, food, drinking water, and even Arctic ice. Scientists are increasingly worried they may pose a risk to human health and marine, and marine life. I'm going to drink a little water because I got cotton mouth. Scientists are increasingly worried, increasingly worried they may pose a risk to human health and marine life, though there is no consensus yet on the issue. Tomp's scientists have previously found microplastics in the digestive systems of fish caught in Siberian rivers, confirming that they are contributing to polluting the Arctic Ocean with plastic. And I quote, Siberia is absolutely under-researched in this aspect, and our, Russia's, interest in this problem comes late compared to the rest of the world, Frank said. Scientists are now studying the snow samples... Scientists are now studying the snow samples to what degree population density, the proximity of roads, and other human activity contributes to, to the pollution. And that was an article from Reuters. There you go. Folks, um, if you don't know, I listened to Dane Wigington's uh, video blog on YouTube. And if you're not familiar with Dane Wigington, you can go to geoengineeringwatch.org. Um, I would recommend you do it. I am of the opinion that they are doing something in the sky. I don't think what I see is condensation. It looks like dispersal. There's a big difference between dispersal and condensation. I am not interested in getting into some weird, ornate, Byzantine argument with some ex-airline pilot. So if you intend to email me saying how, you know, stupid I am, and then throw in some bad words, because remember, can't use them on radio. Fine, that's fine, you know. Maybe you can donate to my PayPal as well, but um, I am of the opinion they're doing something. It could be geoengineering. It could just be poisoning people. But the fact is, there's a history of geoengineering. There is. It's not science fiction. They have been talking about it publicly for decades. And probably secretly, if you believe Dane Wigington, they've been doing it for 70 years. For 70 years, they've been utilizing technology to affect the weather. One of the ways they do this is they produce a kind of mixture. In fact, you know, a good name for it would be a slurry but a mixture of materials that they then spray. And these materials are for different purposes. Some of them are mainly, I think, alumina, primarily aluminum oxide for the purpose of reflection. Um, some of these materials are like barium because they're endothermic and you can use them for cloud seeding and also for creating snowstorms. And they use microplastics as suspension. What that means is, is that these little streamers of plastic um, which in some cases are based upon the way spiders do this, are designed to keep these materials in the sky longer. They're designed to float up there for a long time. Now, when I was a kid, I was told, don't use the plastic cup 
it'll take 700 years to break down. Now, I don't actually believe that all these microplastics are because of the cups breaking down. I kind of think that Dane Wigington's right and that these microplastics are related to geoengineering. But you know something, guys? No one is, gonna, no one is going to admit it. I mean, if you've learned anything from 2020 from the COVID super trauma drama psyop, no one's about to admit what wrong they've done. It's, it's like Governor Cuomo. Governor Cuomo might fall, but it'll be because of some sex scandal, something completely incidental to the horrific things he did as governor in 2020. He won't fall for the murder. He won't fall for, for basically participating in this evil psyop. But he might fall because, you know, to quote the staffers and Hillary Clinton from the 90s, he might fall because of a bimbo eruption, you know. And I'm using the, the language of the Democratic Party in the mid-90s. So if you want to, did he just say bimbo? I just said bimbo. But we're all bimbos sometimes. I'm a bimbo. I'm a blumbo bimbo from Fantasy Planet 6. Fantasy Planet 6 has the most advanced pornography. Our pornography consists of the eight-pointed virtual reality cube. Within this cube contains the ancient oils of love and lust. Next topic, because we don't need to talk about the planet I'm from. I used to be from Seattle. I'll soon be a Utahian. And once I'm a Utahian, will they, will they remember me as the guy who reinvented transcendental, full-on psychedelic cinema? Where people show up in their convertibles, just like the open-air cinema, the drive-ins of the past. And they show up and they plug into the mental matrix, the consciousness system that is connected to all the, the crystals and the people wearing crystals on the turquoise trail. Turquoise Trail. I've never been there. Always wanted to go. Not really. The thing I always wanted to do, and, and now it's never going to happen probably. And this has been a dream my whole life, but it's so silly. It's one of the things I've always wanted to do. So there's a river in eastern Washington called the Yakima River. And during the summertime, um, as the snow used to melt when it wasn't so filled with plastic, the Yakima River, you would go there, the slow part, and you would inner tube. And you would have an inner tube raft, and you would have a cooler filled with beer, and you would probably have a sandwich and maybe some water for hydration, because you probably don't want to drink out of the Yakima. Not at that point. But it, no, it's fine, you can drink out of it. But anyways, people would just inner tube down the Yakima on a hot summer day with a beautiful, I just said beautiful because... Whatever kinds of skies we're having these days in Washington State, it's hard for me to call them blue. My friend promises me as we get to Utah, we'll see some blue skies, and I cannot wait. But most of the days in the last couple of years have been this dark gray, brown, black gumbus. They might start out kind of blue, but by 2 p.m. it looks quite terrible. So, yeah, I, I want to leave the poison behind, and I'm going to be open-minded, but I am who I am. That's the thing about you know, taking a ride on the Dan train, you know, it, you're, you're going to get exactly what you expect and you're not going to want it. You're going to travel through space, but you're going to want to go to 7-Eleven, but you'll end up at AM PM.
Tipping points are tippy. People don't really get this. That's a quote from Dr. Freckles. Tipping points are tippy. People don't really get this. I don't want to fear monger you, okay? People are doing that every day now, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and I'm tired of it. I don't want to fear monger you. This is not fear mongering. I do think, you know, these are strange times, and there are very many things in our society that have been over-engineered and made too complicated. And because of that, when these systems fall apart, it's going to be very unpredictable. That's the thing about tipping points, is that they tend to have a really strange, discontinuous behavior at the cusp. They can seem linear and even like a curve at first, but when you reach the end of the cusp, you're just at a discontinuity, you're just falling off a cliff. That's a tipping point. There's a point on a sailboat where if you tilt over too far, you'll capsize. Um, I think it's called the moment, but there's a, there's a good name for it. But there's, there's actually a name for that point at which if a sailboat were to tip over too far, it would capsize. Tipping points are strange things, and we need to remember they're tippy, which means that they're not going to behave in a nice linear or curved way once they are hit. Once we interact with a tipping point, it is kind of like hitting... You know what it's like? A tipping point is a lot like a mouse trap. A tipping point is a lot like a mouse trap. It, it seems like a relatively mechanical linear system of discrete behaviors, but when you think about the swing of that traditional mouse trap, that little metal horseshoe that swings and arcs over and then traps the mouse under the kinetic pressure or the, the tension energy, torsion energy of those springs, those metal springs, and the torsion energy is stored. But even in that, there is a weird kind of curved behavior, nonlinear behavior. And all I want to say in this topic is be sensitive to tipping points. Just because everything has apparently functions a certain way so far does not imply it's going to be like that forever. And tipping points are real. So next topic. So, okay, I'm leaving Seattle, but I'll tell you what I'm leaving behind. There are these little fuzzy parasites. I don't know what they are. I really don't. These little insects that started showing up a few weeks ago. They look like little fuzzballs, and they don't move very fast. And you'd say, well, Dan, if they don't move very quickly, isn't that good news? <sighs> Can you imagine that sometimes if something moves slowly, um, it can give you the impression of a kind of, I, I would almost call it, you know, a certainty, a kind of monstrous certainty, a kind of inherent animalistic bravery, because the little fur ball knows it can kill me. So it doesn't have to move quickly anywhere. So I don't know what these things are. They could be ordinary everyday insects that have been exposed to a chemical or some type of, you know, weird hormone. Perhaps the aliens hiding behind the moon sent them. I know you're over there, moon aliens. I'm watching you. Perhaps the moon aliens have sent these little fuzzball parasites to burrow into our ears. Maybe. fuzzball parasites were sent by the moon aliens to control us, to control our minds. Maybe they burrowed into our subconscious and they gave us the COVID fear. The COVID fear is because of the fuzzball parasites, friends. 
Maybe if we rose up and bought one of those Elon Musk flamethrowers, maybe we'd have a chance. But as it stands, the moon aliens have us by the, you know, the lower parts. I can't, this is radio. Yeah, let's just go to the next topic. Next topic. So, I don't know if you've ever heard of Planet X. There's a link to a YouTube video in the notes, once again, dfgtc.org slash show notes. Um, there's a link in the notes to this YouTube video that was produced by Bart Cybrell. Cybrell. And if you don't know who Bart Cybrell is, he's famous for um, Astronauts Gone Wild, which is a kind of a fun documentary. And he's also famous for A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the moon, to see the moon aliens. Um, and I like both of those. I, I think that, you know, he clearly doesn't have a Hollywood budget, but he is a great filmmaker. He knows how to edit. He knows how to produce a good documentary. I think somebody like him, if he had a Hollywood budget, would probably just do amazing, amazing, like win an Oscar work. But that's not the world we live in right now. And he knows that probably. Anyways, I can highly recommend him and his YouTube channel and whatever website he has, I don't really know. But I, I actually have a link to a YouTube video that he did just a few months ago on Planet X. And let me explain why I'm going to talk about Planet X, even though clearly that's a scary topic. And you say, oh, fear-mongering, Planet X is coming. You know what? I'm going to talk about Planet X because it's one of those things that might fit what we know. And before I go much, too much further, we live in a highly indoctrinated, highly propagandized society. And this was before 2020. Before 2020, we already had our government paying journalists to write stories that were essentially lies. And, and it was legal. Like they passed, they passed a law that gave them the right to pay journalists to basically produce propaganda, to produce lies. And we lived in that prior to 2020. So when 2020 happened, it was really just um, the complete implementation of what had already been going on, and that is this fake reality. You know, Americans get fed a fake reality. It's kind of like the food thing. I expected there to be food shortages about six months um, ago. Six to seven months ago, I expected there to be food riots. This hasn't happened in the United States yet. It looks like it's probably happening around the world. The problem is our news gets sterilized, so it's hard to know. It's hard to know what's happening in other parts of the world, given how sterilized and clean our news is. It's really difficult, um, I would say. So, on that subject, we get propagandized. We get fed a lot of bad information. I don't know if the Planet X story is real or not. It could just be another trauma monkey. In my list of trauma monkeys that I'm keeping track of now at igluluau.com, and you can actually go into the menu and you can find the, the trauma monkey list. But on the list of trauma monkeys, I include Planet X because, again, I don't know if it's a real thing. There are little breadcrumbs because, like I said, even in this propagandized society to complete the thought, you can still be a Sovietologist. You can still learn to read between the lines. You can still find where they've made two statements and the two together are a contradiction. So you can eliminate what they're saying at least. You can still do that. It's just, it's hard. And even once you're done, you're still not left with a satisfied feeling of certainty. You're not, because there's no way to be certain. We are fed so much garbage every vehicle and this includes the alternative media before you go all well dan what about the crypto world and the decentralized world it's all been infiltrated and if you're not printing and producing your own cpus there's really no way to escape it okay they they have you by the nether regions if they if they produce the computer chips if they produce the cpus since they produce the cpus they can park the um the equivalent of a battleship on that chip to monitor your behavior, to send information someplace else. Now, you can always disconnect from the web and disconnect from Wi-Fi, and that does block the signal. But, folks, here's the deal. We have been infiltrated 
to a deep level. This is why the COVID cult is so popular and so powerful. I'm going down this rat hole before I go into this, this information from Bart Sabrell because I just wanted to point out that yes, um, we are highly propagandized, but you can kind of pick through, we can pick through this and that. For example, a few months ago, the National Weather Service said they would no longer make their data available through, weather, through, through web services because there wasn't enough, and I quote, bandwidth. But if you understand the data needs of basic scientific data versus like online pornography or online gaming, this statement is absurd. Anybody with a background in computer science would have told you, no, there are still people playing online games. There are still people watching lots of pornography. These are all high bandwidth problems. It, the National Weather Service told a lie. Now, what is the truth? Well, that's a good question. I don't know what the truth is, but I do know what they're telling us is a lie. That's not why they're not giving us the weather information. So if they're not giving us the weather information for a different reason, what could that be? And something like Planet X could be related. I believe they're geoengineering, but listen, I don't know why they're doing it. I know there are people who believe that the human race has produced so much carbon in the atmosphere that we're cooking ourselves, that the CO2 is killing us. I do believe there's been terrible pollution. I think that the pollution is everywhere. In fact, the mask thing, the wearing of the mask, the M-A-S-K, that's only making the pollution worse, brothers and sisters, not better. It's making it way worse. So there's a lot of pollution out there and there's a lot of bad industrial activity, but I don't know the full truth of the climate change thing. I do think they're geoengineering. One possibility, and again, I'd like to talk about this very quickly too. There, was, there were some articles a few weeks ago that claimed that the reason why methane is being released in the Arctic is because of, you know, the moon, the moon aliens, and the moon. No, no, just the moon. The moon's gravitational pull is triggering instability in what's called the stability zone for methane hydrates, and that's causing them to be released. When I read those articles, and if you listen to my podcast, you'll know that I talked to them sarcastically. When I read those articles, I kind of just thought, no, this is, this is crazy. But when you think of it in the context of Bart Sabrell's documentary on Planet X, and basically the title is, Is Planet X God's End Time Tribulation? When you actually um, listen to this video it does seem like a plausible explanation for triggering the clathrate gun, which is sometimes called the methane gun, which is the release of methane, which is a feedback. So once you start rapidly releasing methane that's been stored for hundreds of thousands, if not millions of years, that's a positive feedback. Um, the warmer it gets, the more methane you release. It's plausible that something like Planet X could trigger that. I mean, of course that's possible. Um, there are a number of things, and it's also possible the reason why they're doing the geoengineering is twofold. One, to cover up the environmental effects of what's going on, and two, to kind of prevent people from recognizing what's going on. Because it's possible, and again, I'm not saying this is true, but it's possible that, you know, they're, they're covering up the skies, clouding the skies, so people can't see what's going on up there. But these are all questions I don't have an answer to. I am left unsatisfied. Even if I discover the lies, I am still unsatisfied. What I want to say about Planet X is that it refers to the concept of one of two possibilities. One is that there is a mysterious planet, undiscovered, way out in the solar system, has a huge orbit, huge elliptical orbit that could be hundreds if not thousands of years in length. So it could take thousands of years to complete its orbit. Maybe six or seven, maybe several thousand. We don't know, right? So one version of Planet X is, is this planet that's way out in the solar system. It comes into the inner solar system every few thousand years and probably creates havoc. Probably does. Um, if you adopt the cosmology that we've been provided with, if you understand the complexity of those um, those orbits in relationship to each other, sometimes called the th you know the multi-body problem or the or the three three-body problem or the n-body problem. The point is, 
the gravitational um, pinball of that event is very unpredictable and would be very chaotic. And there's probably not a scenario where if it was big enough, the Earth would not be hit with catastrophe. It doesn't mean the end of the world, but if the object were what people think a lot of these big planets are, which is, you know, Jupiter size, then yeah, it could be, that could be bad. So one possibility is a planet we haven't discovered. Another possibility for planet X is what's called a rogue planet. And rogue planets are just planets that travel through the solar system, excuse me, through the universe. Um, they travel through the galaxy. They are not part of a solar system. And periodically, they probably get close to solar systems, and that is catastrophic. Like, that event could cause a solar system to get out of whack. It could cause planets to collide. You have to imagine this gigantic mass of matter moving at incredible speed through a solar system, creating a kind of gravitational tug or pull as it goes through that solar system, disrupting orbits, and who knows what else. That's a rogue planet. And um, yes, according to science, the same science is telling you to wear eight masks and whatever else. According to science, rogue planets are real and they could be in general quite large and they might be in a sense almost invisible because they might be brown dwarfs or dark planets, planets that don't release very much heat or anything, have no real signature. They could be just dead from an infrared perspective. Um, there, there are people who believe our government has powerful radars for detecting things like this, and that could be true. I don't know. I don't know. The only thing I learned from working for the government is that they lie. And the only thing I've learned since I worked for the government is that they lie. If you get good information from them, God bless you. I don't get any good information from them at all. So... So I would recommend Bart Cybrell's documentary on Planet X. I'd also recommend taking it with a grain of salt and thinking through what it means. Um, you know, there is no reason to add more fear, folks. We have too much fear. On the other hand, he is approaching this from a biblical per perspective, and I just have to say, as a Christian, I do think that some things are afoot, and that's a nice way of putting it. I... I don't think this is just an ordinary um, rodeo, what's going on. I don't think it's the ordinary circus. I think, yes, it's a clown show, but it's not the regular clowns. And I think that they're killer clowns now. These are not funny clowns. These are not sad clowns. These are killer clowns from, you know, outer space. I think that's where we're at with this horror show. And um, I don't know what else to say. Do I think it's possible that they would use a gigantic psyop to disable civilization long enough so that they could prepare for a huge calamity? If you've listened to my podcast in the last six, eight months, you know I suspect that might be the case. That this is all designed for one purpose, and that is just to keep us busy, keep us building buildings that we'll never move into, keep us buying whatever food is left in warehouses because chances are 10 you know a long time ago they started stockpiling food that also explains the lack of food shortages really there's probably a, a pretty big stockpile they're working off of but here's the thing um the end state's still the same for everybody the other thing about planet x is that i don't think the schedule for them is discrete which means that i believe what i'm seeing is the powers that be reacting, not creating. They're reacting, which means that they probably know they're in a window for some catastrophe, but they don't have a specific date for that catastrophe. So, that, so the thing about Planet X is that it is fuzzy enough in a way. Um, you know, Unlike an asteroid or a comet, Planet X would be strange enough in terms of being able to make predictions that it probably would be hard to know exactly when to say this is the date that Planet X is causing catastrophe. It probably creeps up on you. And then when it's obvious, it's way, way, way too late for people to take action. This is also Bart Cybrell's point, and it's also why I've got that quote from Dr. Freckles. You know, tipping points are tippy. Tipping points are tippy. Um, 
when you get to the point that it's that you're falling over, it's too late. Uh, you have to prevent that from happening. And in this case, you know, by the time we see Planet X, um, if if this is real, it probably is too late to do much, just other than pray. Um, but do I think we could be near the tribulation? I am a poor Christian to even remotely have a good answer to that question. I, I don't have a good answer. I, I can't say, yes, we're, we're on the edge of the abyss. We're so near, we're so close. I have no idea. I think that what's happening in our society is monstrous, but it could be ordinary historical um, plagues of madness. These things have happened throughout history. This could just be a plague of madness. And that madness could break. And I pray to the Lord Jesus that it does soon because we need to stop this madness. It is destroying people. It is destroying the youth. But do I think that they would use a PSYOP, a psychological operation this big, to cover a catastrophe as big as Planet X? Absolutely. I think that that's the kind of thing they, well, I almost said, well, no, I think they enjoy doing it. And I also think that that's what they do. That's what they do at the Puzzle Palace. They do these nested grifts. You know, you could say government's a psyop, but when you really break it down, it's not that francy, francy, francy. It's not that francine. No, when you really break it down, it's not that fancy. Government is a psyop, but really... If you dumb it down, government is a grift. Government has always been a grift. It's always been a scam. It's always been some group of people convincing another group of people that if you give them resources, they won't harm you or let anyone else do it. Implied in it is they won't harm you. Now they'll say, oh, I'm here to protect you. I'm here for your freedoms. And that's usually where it comes from. But government is a grift, and we're in a huge, gigantic PSYOP grift right now. And people, we need to get out of it because it's killing us. It's killing civilization. If you actually are concerned about art, about music, about life, about the possibility of a better world, what's going on is destroying that. It's not, it isn't funny. You know, it isn't humorous. It isn't something to get excited about. I'm getting close to the end, so I'm going to go to my last topic. But as you go through the notes at dfgtc.org slash show notes, as you go through the notes, you'll notice I have topics I did not discuss, like Tom Hanks. Is he the Antichrist? No, it's probably Chet, his son, right? Chet Hanks. Chet. And I, before I go to my last topic, Chet, what a name, what a name for the Antichrist, Chet. I just can't even remotely grapple with that. That doesn't seem right. So there are a lot of people, a lot of progressives, especially in a place like Seattle, that have a theory. They have this theory. I'm going to call it the avocado toast concentration camp. The people of Seattle do believe that people will be sent to camps and facilities, but they'll be avocado toast concentration camps. At these camps, there will be Wi-Fi and free Apple devices. At these camps, you'll get to take naps if you need to. At these camps, you'll be able to relax and have avocado toast. That's right, the avocado toast concentration camp. There are a lot of people that believe that. They believe that there will be camps, but they'll be nice. And you'll get to exercise and drink healthy water and eat good, clean food. And yes, there'll be re-education, but it'll be the nice kind, not the clockwork orange hold your eyelids open with little metal pricks kind 
but actual nice kind. And that last word was was related to a metal device and not the other dirty word, FCC. So I don't have to bleep that. Um, they believe in the avocado toast concentration camp. They believe they, they, that if they get in trouble, they'll just, and you know what? There, there will be marketing like that. There'll be pamphlets and marketing. When you get on the train, you're gonna get a handout and maybe even a box of swag. Imagine that, a box of swag on, on your way to the avocado toast concentration camp. In some ways, it's way more brilliant and eminently Temple Grandin referencing the autistic you know, person that redesigned the abattoir. In many ways, it's way more brilliant than what the Nazis did. You give a, you give a person a box of swag or a bag of swag, you, Give them a handout. You make them think they're going to an avocado toast concentration camp. When in reality, they're just going to a good old-fashioned treat humans like nothing like dirt and you'll probably die place. And probably the worst things you can imagine are going to happen to you there place. But you think it's an avocado toast concentration camp. Because you're a freak from the outer zone. You're from the outer zone. You're from Realm X. You lived amongst the coyote captains. You sailed on the Puget Sound. You were a traveler of the gaslit nights. You were chased by the demon hookers. There was a time when you were the sailor of the Strait of Juan de Fuca, and people would say to you, Where are you going, sailor? And you would say, I'm going to Spain. was a time. You were a traitor, you were a demander, you were a reconciler, you revamped and reverbed, you translated the ancient text, and when the aliens from the moon came, you fought them off with a spear and a heart of gold. You were the person who stood on Mount Rumtus. You swore off whiskey and cocaine and ladies of the night. You gave in to the power of Slinctus. Your sword was covered in oils. And yet you still stand because you didn't give up, even though the throng came for you. throng came for you, the masses. There is no such thing as an avocado toast concentration camp. And if you're listening to me and you're a hipster and you're thinking that Dan guy's a jerk, okay, get over it. But there is no such thing as an avocado toast concentration camp. If you are sent someplace, it will be terrible. They will do things to you. In all likelihood, they will experiment on you. They will experiment on your kids. It won't be fun. And yes, on your way there, you might get a bag of swag. You might get a bunch of handouts. And, it, and you might even get a nice meal. But what you're going to end up at is your death. And potentially the death of your soul. Because they're going to try to also break your soul. If this is what it looks like. And it doesn't have to be the end times for it to just be good old-fashioned darkness. Darkness throughout history has been a thing. So for the planetary, 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 the planetary status report for Saturday night, Saturday night, midnight maybe, traveler, take care of yourself.